What's going on? You're being accused of ruining the Scone Winter Gala and we're taking you to Scone Court. Marcy, you stole the decorations, prizes, and food from the Winter Gala. You ruined the entire event. That's preposterous. Your actual lawyer should be here shortly. How dare you talk to my client without me present? Are you saying that Gladys will be defending me? Day one, jury selection. Pastor and Elijah are sitting at the prosecutor's desk. Marcy, Gladys, Annabelle, and Jean Blue are over at the defense desk. Please rise for Judge Carol Ann, Judge Chet, and Judge Marjorie. The overseers of justice are Carol Ann, Chet, and Marjorie. Well, justice is blind and deaf and tasteless and corrupt. There's only one person in this whole room who could be guilty of treachery. Only one person that wanted the Scone Winter Gala to be destroyed, jealous that her help went unneeded, upset that we were banning her, Marcy was the one to ruin the Winter Gala. Hello everyone, it's me, Jean Blue. I came back from New York City because I believe in Marcy. I believe in her so much. I believe in her innocence and I believe in her generous heart. Gladys, you better do something. I don't think the jury is buying these lies. Pastor Elijah made the church, Condominational made of birch. They hired live a new secretary after the old who stole money unfairly. Kellyanne volunteers, my surrounds acquire. Jonathan doesn't work, yet he's still hired. There's no judgment at the non-denominational. Some say things around here get inspirational. The jury of six will now enter the room. Yesterday, we decided that the jury would be made up of Foreman Jonathan, Peter, Alice, Pig and Ginger, Chet's mom, and Agnes. To be honest, when I volunteered to be the foreman, I thought foreman, like, meant something dirty. Elijah, I really doubt we need your commentary on the recorder. Pastor, please, if there's one thing I know around here as the liturgical minister, it's audio and recordings. <clears throat> it's definitely not how to sing into a recording. I can attest to that. I'll rise for the three judges of Scone Court, Carol Ann, Marjorie, and Chet. Oh, well, it's day two of court proceedings. The prosecution will begin their facts to the jury. I would first like to call up our first witness, Samantha, to the stand. Samantha has been called up to the stand. Samantha, the teenage girl who thinks she's a slut, but she's never been with a single human soul, let alone a vibrator. Objection. We didn't know that Samantha was a witness, your honors. In fact, we don't know any of the prosecution's witnesses. Your honors, according to the bylines, neither the prosecution or the defense have to inform the other of their witnesses. I guess that sounds right. Chad, sweetie, you're a judge. You have to be more official sounding. Fine, mom. The judges agree with Elijah. I mean, Elijah's holding the bylaws, so why would he lie? I have never lied in the history of this church. Objection! Elijah called the choir excellent, when we know the choir is barely good at all! <sighs> Your honors, that was a white lie at best. An exaggerated compliment, I would say. Your honors, your honors, Elijah has just lied about lying and confessed to the truth of his lies, and now how are we gonna believe anything he says? I suggest we lock him up in the basement until this trial is over. I did not lie about lying. I may have lied, but the lie was a necessarily a lie, and I'd be lying if I say I never lied. But that lie would be a good lie because you can't handle the truth of that lie. 
You confessed again to the lies of your lies. Stop lying, you lying, 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 son of a liar. And your father was a liar, and your mother was a liar to tell you that you loved him. Oh, order in the court. I have no idea what anyone is saying, and I demand both of you to sit down at once. I agree. Moving on to Samantha. Hello, sweetie. I believe the pastor has some questions for you. Samantha, is it true on the day of the Winter Gala you saw Marcy in this church? I did. <gasps> and what time was that? About two hours before the Winter Gala. <gasps> <gasps> so, for the record, Elijah, Jonathan, Liv, and I got there at 4.30, and you saw Marcy in the church at 4 p.m., just a half hour before we walked in to find the gala had been cleaned out? Yes. <gasps> Your Honors, can we have the gallery stop gasping at every little statement? It's distracting. Oh, we need the gallery of spectators to limit their gasps to one group gasp per minute. I went to war. I should be allowed to gasp as much as I want to. I'm not gasping from this dry. I'm gasping because of my sleep apnea. All right, Samantha, you're excused from the stand. Wait, doesn't the defense get to grill me? Yes, we do. Samantha, is it true that you're a woman of the night? Well, I suppose so. The night is beautiful to me. Your Honor, this witness is lying about her sexual history. She cannot be trusted to tell the truth about Marcy's whereabouts. Your Honors, that's a stretch objection. Oh, Samantha, are you telling the truth? I am allowed to call myself a slut if I want to, Your Honor. Exactly. Let her be a sex worker. Samantha is, by definition, not a harlot, a hooker, an adulteress. She's none of them. And thus, if she lies about herself, can she be trusted to tell the truth about my client? We'll let the jury decide about that. Pastor, call your next witness. My next witness is Pastor Wyatt. <gasps> All right, the gallery of spectators used your one group gasp for the next minute. Uh, hello, everyone. It's so good to be back at Scone and to see Pastor Jamie. Objection again, Your Honors. The prosecution is bringing witnesses that are lying and not to be trusted. Pastor Jamie is wearing a terrible blouse and an ill-fitting jacket. Why would Pastor Wyatt say it's lovely to see her? Pastor Jamie looks like a pirate going to interview for a position at Key Bank. Overruled. While I will agree that Pastor Jamie's blouse is not the most flattering, I do believe Pastor Wyatt is happy to see Pastor Jamie. So, you may continue, Pastor Wyatt. Pastor Jamie, ah, that is a beautiful blouse. Wyatt, this is not a social call. This is court. Well, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but notice those gorgeous eyelashes. Marcy claims she was meditating at Meditative Meadows from noon to six. Are you familiar with Meditative Meadows? Yes, it's that hippie place where you pay to meditate in an indoor meadow, correct? I was asking Pastor Wyatt, not the jury. I have a coupon if you want to go, Agnes. I'd rather go straight to hell. Chet, sweetie, you need to rein this jury in. They're getting a little wild and they are your responsibility. Mom, relax. I'm trying to be a judge. What did I tell you about standing up for yourself? If all your friends wanted to vape to death, would you do so too? Mom, please. I don't vape. I smoke weed. Objection to all of you. You can object me all you like, Pastor. And back on track, yes, I am aware of Meditating Meadows. And Pastor Wyatt, you happen to know that Marcy was not at Meditative Meadows last week on the day of the Scone Winter Gala. Why is that? 
because I work the front desk at Meditating Meadows every Saturday. <gasps> All right, I'm setting the clock for one minute. So Marcy wasn't at Meditative Meadows on the Saturday in question? No, she didn't sign in or pay a fee, wave a membership card. I even went back and checked the camera footage and she wasn't there. Thank you, Wyatt. That's all I need. Is that so, Pastor Jamie? Is it my turn to badger the witness? I'd rather be badgered by Pastor Jamie. Is it possible that Marcy mixed up the days that she went? I'd say so, but could be a common mistake anyone makes. Exactly. Anyone could make it. Furthermore, sorry, Pastor Wyatt is so gorgeous. I lost my train of thought. I got this, Gladys. Pastor Wyatt, when you work at the Meditating Meadows, do you take a break? I get two 15-minute breaks and a lunch. And the lunch is paid for. So it's possible that Marcy was there and you just happened to be on your break? I suppose so, but what about the footage? Marcy's not on any footage. And is it possible that these cameras don't successfully showcase the establishment? I mean, there are only two cameras, and they aren't that great, so it's possible. I dismiss Pastor Wyatt. So do I, both as a witness and romantically. Aww. We have a forensics expert. Officer Michelle will be taking the stand. Objection! Officer Michelle is extremely incompetent. That's right. Oh, oh wait, that's not right. I've always loved Officer Michelle. She reminds me of myself. Yikes, so that's not a compliment. I've always been more of a fan of Officer Patrick, personally. No surprise Peter prefers the man. Officer Michelle, state your background for the record, please. Former truth program intern turned police officer turned detective. I see, that's a lot of experience. Absolutely. In examining the crime scene, what did you find? I found that the person responsible for the attack, someone had it out for the church. The massive theft proved it was personal. Do you have any details on the demographics of the thief? It had to be someone vindictive. Someone with a mastermind of evil in their head. Someone who's egotistical, vain, vapid, and narcissistic. That doesn't sound like me at all. Knowing Marcy, I think she fits the bill. Were any fingerprints found at the scene? Unfortunately, the crime scene was tampered with since you still held the scone winter gala. Well, we still had the hot dogs left over. Gladys and Jean Blue, your witness. Officer Michelle, is it true that you were the one who discovered Silver's purse operation? Yes, that was me. If that's what you have to tell yourself or not. Was that your first cracked case, so to speak? Garfield and I have already cracked this case of beer. I wasn't talking to your dumbass. I was talking to this dumbass. The purse operation was my first cracked case. So you're saying you don't have much experience, right? I mean, you have more experience than Samantha, but not a lot. Wow, that's so rude. What's your question? How can you come up with theories about the crime when you're not an expert? I'm a detective. Let me handle this like I handled the old key to the apartment I shared with my ex-husband. Officer Michelle, is it true or is it not true that you have a degree in criminology? No, I studied biology, actually. No degrees? No certificates? I have a certificate from a scrapbooking class. So what makes you qualified to make general statements about who did this crime? Well, I am a detective. 
and you've solved one case in your career, you don't have any background in forensics, profiling, law, DNA. I'm just naturally gifted. Which means nothing in this court. You're excused. Oh, wow, that was gripping. I didn't know Jean Blue was such a good lawyer. Jean Blue, you should consider becoming a lawyer. You'd be excellent. My ex-husband said I'd make for a better courtroom custodian than a lawyer. Jean, just like this trial, your ex-husband is a waste of time and complete garbage. Your honors, the prosecution rests. To be fair, I've been resting this entire time. All right, we shall dismiss for the day and resume tomorrow. Peter, do you want to, like, talk about this case with me? Maybe privately, perhaps, in a hotel room with champagne flutes and strawberries? I'm good, but thanks for the offer. Chet, I'm so proud of you for being a big boy. Mom, don't make me sequester you. And who are our witnesses? Uh, funny story. Uh, we don't have any. Are you serious, Gladys? If we don't have any witnesses, Marcy's more fried than a fried Louisiana alligator, poor boy with french fries and some fried beignets. Relax, relax. I got, I got a couple of ideas. Elijah, are you sure you want to handle the cross-examination? Yes, I need to work on my confrontation skills. I guess this trial is the perfect place for it, then. Hey, prosecutors, you're going down. I doubt that, Gladys. The only thing I see going down is justice. You wouldn't know justice if it hit you in the face. I'll have you know that justice has hit me in the face. And it was back when I ran the AA in Paris. Justice was upset with her life and accidentally punched me. She ended up becoming a local city councilwoman. I won't have to be punched tomorrow, will I? Non-Denominational Season 2 was executively written and produced by Matt Rebar and Blaze Pratt. Leave a five-star rating and a comment rating if possible. Non-Denominational Sitcom Podcast was co-created by Matthew Rebar, Blaze Pratt, Karen Adams, and Kelsey Shago. Music and sound effects collected from freesound.org, audionautics.com, and some originals by Matthew Rebar. Thank you to our regular cast of voices this season, which included Karen Jones, Annalise Rebar, Paul Lox, Jessica Lockhart, Emily Terry, Reggie Pratt, Joanna Molson, Julia Adams, Amy Adams, Kyle Pratt, Andy McGee, Jordan Yule, Michelle Morgan, Maria Cross, Dennis Baker, River Anwundinjo, John Toth, Scott Terranova, and others who contributed. Check out the website for more information at www.nondenominationalpodcasts.weebly.com or check us out on Instagram at nondenominationalscone. Until next time.